So, Parsha's told us. Parsha's told us this week's Parsha. I'm sorry? Parsha's told us is the Parsha that's devoted more than anything else to the story of Yitzchak Avinu. Right? Exactly. When you go through the Chumash Barashas, the Chumash Barashas is really the story of creation and then a number of Sadiqim. But you have Noach, and then you have Aram Avinu, which is a couple of really commands, a couple of parshias. Lech Lecha Vayira Told us is the story of Yitzchak. And then we move on to Vayishlach, Vayeshev, that's Yaakov Avinu. You finish off with Yosef Asadik, really. Um, and Yitzchak Avinu is really, whatever we know about Yitzchak is primarily from this parsha of told us. Now, in some way, Yitzchak is, um, his life is somewhat less exciting than the others, and Avram and Yaakov and Yosef. There's less stories, less stories to tell. Um, and that's why it's in one parsha versus the other that are longer. On the other hand, we find a certain level of kedusha, a certain holiness that there is by Yitzchak Avinu that really eclipses all the obvious and really almost anyone that we know of. A certain kedusha that's associated with Yitzchak Avinu. Um, some famous, uh, perhaps the most famous thing is he was the only one that we know of in history that had a mitzvah not to leave Eretz Yisrael. He wasn't allowed to leave the land of Eretz Yisrael. In fact, it's written that he was like a karban oila, right? Just like a karban, a sacrifice brought in the Besamikdash is not allowed to be taken out of the Besamikdash or out of Yerushalayim, depending on the sacrifice. So Yitzchak, because of the story of the Akedah, when he was actually put onto the altar, attained that level of Kedusha, more than Avram, more than Yaakov, more than anyone else that could not leave Eretz Yisrael. So I have here on this page a couple of points where we see the uniqueness and greatness of Yitzchak Avinu, and perhaps we'll have time for a quick um, you know, lesson that we can take from that as well. So a couple of different um, sources here, and we'll go through them inside. The first is a fascinating Gemara, famous Gemara, in Masech the Shabbos. Peitas Salman Beis, 89b. The Gemara reads the following. Amr Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmeni Abra Rabbi Yenisam. Shmuel, son of Nachmeni, said in the name of Rabbi Yenisam. He explained the Pasek. The Pasek says in Yeshayahu, we say, Ki ata avinu, we say to Hashem, you are our father. Avraham lo yida'onu, v'yisrael lo yakirenu. Avraham, didn't really know us. Yisrael didn't recognize us. Yisrael is Yaakov, of course. You, Hashem, are our Father and our Redeemer forever. Forever is your name. That's what the Pasuk says in Yeshayahu. And as is the case many times with Nevi'im, the, uh, the Nevuas are very cryptic and need a lot of interpretation and explanation. What does he mean? Uh, you, Hashem, are our Father. Avram didn't know us. Yaakov didn't recognize us. What's going on? So the Gemara says, and Yitzchak is not even mentioned here. He sort of, we say Avram didn't know us, Yaakov didn't know us, but it doesn't say anything about Yitzchak. So the Gemara recounts a very interesting episode that will happen in the future. Right? And it says, Lasid Lava, there'll come a time, Yamala Kadish Barkul Avram, Hashem will turn to Avram and says, You know, your children they sin to me. So Avram will say, If they sinned, so. For the, for the holiness of your name, anyone who sins against you has to be um, you know, punished or obliterated. Okay. So then Hashem turns to Yaakov and says, maybe Yaakov will stand up for them. Yaakov had Sar Gidl Banim, Yaakov had so many difficulties with his children. And again, I'm not reading all the words, but again Hashem says to Yaakov, your children sinned. And Yaakov says the same thing. Listen, for the main thing is Kiddush Hashem. If they sinned, take them out of the picture. And Hashem says, you know, the, the elders can't help me, the young can't help me. And he turns to Yitzchak. And that's the second paragraph. He says, Yitzchak banecha chatuli, your children sin to me. Amr of Yitzchak responds. He says, my children? They're your children. 
<laughs> he says, Are they my children, not yours? He says, when the Jewish people said when they accepted the Torah, you called them my son, my eldest son, and the first thing Yitzchak does is he says, let's not, let's, let's not make them my children, they're your children, they're Hashem's children. And then he says, how much did they sin already? And here he gives, he starts uh, defending us. He says, how much, how long does a person live? What's a you know, li- lifespan? Shivim Shana, 70 years. Baruch Hashem, today it's longer than that. But 70 years. He says, take away the first 20 because you don't really um, punish in heaven for the first 20 years of a person's life. Till 20, a person's considered not mature enough for punishment in heaven. So you only have 50 years left. He says, then minus another 25 for the nights. Right, every day is half day, half night. By night, you're sleeping. So you're not sitting when you're sleeping. So it's only 25 years. Okay, from the 25, he says, take 12 and a half for davening, learning, going to the bathroom, those basic needs that we do, you're not sinning then. So you only left with 12 and a half years. Okay, so maybe they sin for 12 and a half years. So Yitzchak says, if you, can, if you can handle all of it, you yourself, Hashem, that's good. If not, we'll do half and half. I'll take half on me, you take half on yourself. And if, and if you don't want to take anything, I'll take them all on myself. All the sins of Klal Yisrael. He says, after all, I sacrificed my life for you. I was willing to give my life. I deserve to be able to give the schus for Klal Yisrael. Paschuva Amru, so the Klal Yisrael says, Ki ata avinu, the Yitzchak is the one who really understands us best and is the one who defends us best. Amru lehem Yitzchak, Yitzchak said, li, you're praising me. Kalsula Kodesh Baruch praise Hashem. And Hashem, and Yitzchak points to Hashem and, and reveals to them that everything comes from Hashem. So the Yidin turn their eyes heavenward and say, Ata Hashem avinu You Hashem are our Father and you're the one who uh, is a Redeemer. Forever is your name. That is a, a very a famous, a fascinating Gemara about the Yitzchak avinu is considered the primary defender of Klal Yisrael at the end of time. Which begs the question, why? You know, why is it Dafke Yitzchak? And in fact, it's interesting because typically when we think of Yitzchak, we think about someone who is more connected with Givura, with Din, with severity. Um, Avram was always known as the paradigm of Chesed, of kindness, and Yaakov is Rachamim, which is mercy. Yitzchak is known, the Pasuk says, Pachad Yitzchak, the, the fear, the trepidation of Yitzchak. Yitzchak was this very great and exalted level of Kedusha. But somehow this one, this person who is at the greatest level of Kedusha, is able to stand up also for the sinner more than anyone else. And in fact, we see that played out in this week's Parsha, that who's the one who stands up for Esav is Yitzchak. Esav right? is, you know, why, why Yitzchak, what, what did Yitzchak have with Esav? One of the strangest Parshas. We have Esav as it's Russia, and Yitzchak, Dafka seemed to have a special affinity for Esav. More so than Yaakov. He gave Esav more attention than Yaakov, and it takes the uh, wisdom of Rivka to get the blessings to Yaakov Avinu. But it seems like someone who's the ultimate of Kedusha is able to see the Kedusha in everyone and in everything and puts their, puts their efforts and their emphasis on trying to elicit that and find that. Only a Yitzchak could try to be Mikar of an Esav. Right? If you're not a Yitzchak, Esav's, you know, was nothing near. But if you come in with such extreme levels of Kedusha, you're able to find... Yitzchak knew that Esav was who he was. Right. He wasn't fooled by him. Yeah, for sure, on a deeper level, for sure. On a deeper level, it says in many sfarim, the Yitzchak saw through Esav, 
But he also saw deeper than that. He saw that within Esav there's very powerful Kedusha in there as well. Which is why ultimately some of the greatest Sadiqim of Kal Yisrael are descendants of Esav. Right? The people who were Geir, the Geirim. The great Geirim who come from, came from Adam, Reb Meir, um, Reb Akiva's parents, Reb Akiva's father. These Geirim were all within the Koyach of Esav. And Yitzchak saw, Yitzchak knew the Kedusha that there is within an Esav and put his efforts on trying to be Makar of Esav. Now, it wasn't the time yet for Esav to, be, to, to have that full turnaround. That's why he needed Rivka to come and save the story. But ultimately, Yitzchak knew what he was doing and knew that there was Kedusha there in Esav, a tremendous Kedusha in Esav. It's interesting that, I don't want to get into it now, but Esav ultimately, Esav's head is buried in the Maris of Machpelah. Right? There's, a, there's a symbolism, there's meaning that there's something there. There's some Kedusha there that Esav didn't practice in his lifetime. But that was that we're looking for, that Yitzchak was looking for. And that takes the, the Kedusha on the level of Yitzchak Avinu to find and to appreciate. And the same here is in this story, it's Nafki Yitzchak that's able to stand up for, for sinful people, for people that even Avram and Yaakov sort of gave up on. But Yitzchak stands up for them, Yitzchak takes them on the shoulders and says, I'll take care of them, I'll stand for them, I'll defend them, and bring them closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's go a little further. In this week's parsha, it says, we have the you know, famous story, where Yaakov and Esav, um, um, Yaakov and Esav start growing up. Where's the pasuk? They get older, and that's when they start going in different paths. Right? One goes to the yeshiva, one goes to learn Torah. That was Yaakov Avinu, and Esav goes off his way. So Rashi, here we have that. What I'm reading here now is from the Das Zikenim Mibale Hatoyesvis, which is from. Uh, it's a sapirush on Chumash. It's a commentary to Chumash written by some of the Balei HaTaisvis, the same people who wrote the Taisvis on the side of the Gemara. So, Rashi's grandsons. Right, right. So, Vayigdalu the children grew up. Pirush Rashi, it brings from Rashi, calls Mashal Yuktanim, as long as the children were young, Yaakov and Esav, Lehoyu Masein Nikorim. So, it wasn't, you know, a little child when he acts, you don't see uh, who's a tzaddik, who's not a tzaddik. You, know, you don't look too closely. Once they became 13 years old, one of them went to the Beis HaMadrish to learn, and one of them went to idolatry. And he brings an interesting mushal. Mushal the hadas is the myrtle, and the natsutsis is um, like little leaves around the myrtle that we don't, when they're tiny, you don't know what's, what's going to be the thorns and what's going to be the, the uh, you know, the fragrant smelling a growth. But it says, so that when they grow, as long as they're small, you can't really recognize the difference. As they get bigger, this one is a fragrant one, and this one is a thorn. That's from the Beis Reish, that's the Beis Rabbah, that's from the Medrash. So the, the point of the story is, Yaakov and Esav get older, it says 13 years old, and they go off in their separate ways, one to ways of holiness, and one the other way. Now, here's the question. It says that Avram Avinu didn't pass away. I'm sorry. That Avram, when Avram Avinu passed away, Esav was still good. And Hashem promised Avram Avinu that he was going to have a, a happy old life until he passes away. So Hashem made that Avram Avinu should pass away five, five years, years earlier. Right? Avram was supposed to pass away at 180. Hashem made him five years earlier so that he shouldn't see his grandson Esav becoming this, this idolatrous murderer. Right? But here there's a mathematical problem. The problem of mathematics is that Rashi just said that Yaakov and Esau went their separate ways when they turned 13. 
Okay? Um, Yitzchak was 60 years old, the Pasik says, when Yaakov and Esav were born. Which means that when Yaakov and Esav turned 13, Yitzchak is 63. Is, uh, is 73. Yitzchak was born when Avram was 100. So by Esav and Yaakov's bar mitzvah, Avram was 173. He passed away at 175. Which means that two years he saw his grandson being idolatrous. And that's where you have the mathematical problem over here that the Bali HaTosfis deal with. How do we deal with that, that, that two-year discrepancy that Avram was supposed to not see this happen and he died earlier for this, but two years he was going to see him idolatrous, what he gained by dying early. So that's the question here and the Das Zekenimi Bali HaTosfis. And he says, V'i Kasha. He says, you'll ask Kasha. Pirish Rashi ben Yud Rashi says that Esav was 13 years old when he became idolatrous. How does it make sense? Shari'u Atzmi Pirish Rashi himself explained Vayazad Yaakov Nazi. That it was on that day that Yaakov cooked that lentil soup. Why was Yaakov cooking the lentil soup? Because Avram just died and this was the Shiva food. So, and Avram was promised that he would not see his grandson go to negative ways. And this was, Hashem promised him to have a happy old age. But now that we're saying, now that Rashi said that he was 13 years old, so then two years he was rebelling in the time of his 80. Shari Avram Chaykuf Ayin Hei Shana. Avram lived to 175. Avram was 100 when Yitzchok was born. Yitzchok Ben Shishim Kishanel at Esav. Yitzchok was 60 when Esav was born. He does the mathematics for us. Right? From, from, uh, from 160 to 175 is 15 years, not 13. So Esav must have been 15 when his grandfather died. So then he rebelled two years in Avram's life. That's the question of the Balayat Yisrael. So he says something interesting. He says, He says, this question has already been asked in the Talmud, in the Jerusalem Talmud. Umishani, and the Gemara answers, Shnasayim marad bimatmoinius. Pirush bitsina. Avlachar moisay marad bifarhesia. For two years, he kept his sinfulness under wraps. In the closet. Right, he was he sinned, but but nobody had to know about it. So for thirteen, from at thirteen, he became takavidavidazar. But for two years, he was able to conceal it and not show anyone, and that's how he got away with it. Savram so passed away thinking that his grandson's a tzaddik, even though he was already doing avidazar quietly for two years. That's what he says. Now, seriously, he says it's the name of the Yerushalmi. To the best of my knowledge, this is not a, a Yerushalmi that we know of where he had that from, which is fine because you know there's all different types. This is written, but that's what he says. Now, which is an answer. Obviously, it's an authoritative answer. It's an answer, though, that leaves us wondering because, well, if he could have done it two years in hiding, why couldn't he have done it seven years in hiding? Why did Avram have to die five years earlier? It's like uh, two years is the limit for hiding. You know, what's the shear? If in Avram's life is shortened by five years, it sounds like you know there's no way to hide this stuff. So what's you know what what's the Indian? Anyways, but that's the first answer. But there is an additional answer. And now is where it gets a little bit fantastical. And this is from the Riva, who's also one of the Bali Hatoisfas. 
right? You know, the, the uh, Tosfos on the side of the Gemara is, was written by a number of scholars, I don't know what they say, 60 or whatever, of tzaddikim. Mm-hmm. And the Riva is one of the great ones from time to time he's mentioned. So he also has a pirush on Chumash. And he writes the following, and it's interesting, the same thing is written in the Sefer Asura Mamoris, which is written by a great Kabbalist, Rabbi Menachem Mazari of, pa- of uh, Panu. There are many Panu. But he writes the following. And he brings the same question that we read before. And he says, he brings you know, the, the answer, that the first answer that was given from the Yerushalmi. The Riva Matzah Medrish. The Riva Fana Medrish. That says something different. And I'll tell it to you outside, then we'll read it inside. He says, after Yitzchak, after they did the Akedah, and he was on the altar, he was, he was in a state where he was wounded in some sense, and he went for two years, he spent two years in Gan Eden. This Yitzchak, when he was 37 years old, had the Akedah. At that point, he went for two years and he was in Gan Eden. He spent a spirit, spiritual two years. So those two years were two full years, but they didn't count for his life. So when it says he was 60, he was really 62, which just two years didn't count, because they were spirit, a spiritual type of life in Gan Eden. And that's what the Riva says. I'll read it inside. He says, Riva Matzah Medrash, Riva Fana Medrash, Shenitman Yitzchak began Eden Shtei Shonim. That he hid, he was hidden in Gan Eden for two years. Kidei Hisrapois Mehachituch Shehischil Aviv L'Shochatay. Now that's a very bizarre thing he says. He says that there was some level of a beginning of a Shechita. That he was cut and he went two years to Gan Eden for... Uh, Rehab. See, he, rehab, right? The, the traumatic experience. I don't know. I don't know. If it, it sounds like it means a physical cutting, which is hard to understand. In the Chumash, there's no like mention of any physical cutting. But the, he says, don't even make a move. Right. He says that. Right. Rashi, we have that whole thing. It doesn't. So I, perhaps it might be. Perhaps it might be a machlekes with that other medrash, and there was a physical wound, or perhaps it might be a, a trauma or something. I don't know. The fact is, it says that he had to go for two years to Ganeid. <coughs> Vim Kane, if so, Yitzchak ben Samach Beis Shanak Shanel Esav. Yitzchak was really 62 when Esav was born. Vahadich Siv Yitzchak ben Samach Shanak Beledes. This that it says that he was 60. Yeshleimar Delechashiv Oisam Beis Shanim Shahaya began Eden. Those two years that he was in Eden were not counted. Lefishenishtanu Allah Sidre Bereshis. He wasn't living a regular physical life those two years. When a person lives in Ganadin two years, it's a different type of life. It doesn't count in the regular cheshbon of years. Kidamar Gabi Noyach, like it says about Noyach, Sheinoimoina Shnas Hamabul Bishnoisov. The year of the Mabel wasn't counted in Noah's years. When Noah lived 600 years, whatever, and then another 300, it says the year that yeah, Mabel didn't count because it wasn't a natural existence. Everything stopped. Everything the constellations, everything was suspended, so it didn't count. So when Yitzchak was in Ganeim, for him it didn't count. The world went on. So Avram got older, everyone got older, but he didn't get older. He didn't get older. <laughs> I'll, uh, parenthetically, I'll tell you a, a nice story. There was a chassid, his name was Eliezer Nanus. Anyone ever saw a book called Sabata? Sabata. So it's a book about his life because he was in prison in communist Russia for spreading Yiddishkeit. And he was in prison for 20 years. 20 years in forced labor camps in Siberia. And the book is called Sabata because that was a name that stuck to him because he never desecrated the Shabbos. He was beaten, he was tortured, he was everything, but he never desecrated the Shabbos. And there's an entire book. It's a fascinating read. It's in Yiddish, it's in Hebrew, it's in English. Sabata. Be that as it may, when he came to New York, finally he was able to get out, and he went to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe looked at him and he said, all those years 
don't count for you. They don't count. And he lived to over 100 years old. And he always said, I'm, I'm only 80. <laughs> because because the Rebbe said, eight, 20 years don't count. So if it's taken off the thing, you know, it doesn't count. Interesting. But back to here. So that's what the Riva says about Yitzchak Avinu. The two years didn't count. It was a spiritual existence. He lived in Gan Eden, and that's that. Now, where do we find an interesting indication to that later in the Parsha? The Yitzchak lived two years in Gan Eden. So it's very beautiful. In the end of the Parsha, that's the second to the last paragraph here, we have... Right, we have the story of the brachas, right? So, there, so Yaakov comes in, and it says that Yitzchak, he comes close to, to Yitzchak, and Yitzchak kisses him, and he says he smells his garments, and he says, that the fragrance of my son is like the fragrance of a field that, the, the field that Hashem blessed. That's what the Pasuk says. Now, he was wearing garments made out of uh, skins of izim of uh, of, go- of, uh, animals. of animals. So Rashi says, That's not good smelling stuff. And here Yitzchak loves the smell. It's like the smell of the field that Hashem blesses. Rashi says that when Yitzchak came in, he was accompanied. I'm sorry, when Yaakov came in to his father, he was accompanied by the reach by the fragrance of Ganadin. And Yitzchak smells and said, I'm this is that that smell. I recognize this one. How did he recognize it? Right? If someone brings the, the fragrance of Ganadin into this room, how would we know that it's Ganadin? Right? But so, because the Baliatres was said, because Yitzchak knew Gan Eden very well. He spent two years over there. So when suddenly, many, many years later now, but Yaakov comes in and suddenly Yitzchak feels, wow, I, I know that smell. I recognize that's that place that I spent those two years. So that is the, the uh, continuation, so to speak, of this Pirush of the two years that Yitzchak spent there when he was really... 30, when he was 37 years old, really 37 to 39, except they don't count. So the 30, when, two years from when he was 37 years old, and he stayed in Ghana. But why would the ghost skins, whatever skins they were, that normally smell terrible, smell like Ghana? Right, so, so Rashi's saying that clearly when he was talking about the great fragrance, he wasn't talking about the skins. But rather, when Yaakov came in, he was enveloped by a fragrance of Ghana. Yaakov was. Right, and Yitzchak smelled it. Now, Yaakov comes into Yitzchak, and Yitzchak knew it. He knew it. So, he thought it was Asa. Yeah, okay, okay. But he, but he, but he felt Ganadin. He, he thought that Asa maybe was a saint. So, maybe. The garments of Nimrod, that's another madras. That's correct, that's correct, that's correct. So, this is all about the Kedusha of Yitzchak Avinu. The Yitzchak Avinu is the, is the defender of Kalal Yisrael. Yitzchak Avinu is the one who can never leave Eretz Yisrael. Yitzchak Avinu is the one who sees in even a sinner the ability of Kedusha. And Yitzchak is the one who is on that level of Kedusha that he actually lived part of his life in Ganeda. But the question is, so that, that's uh, obviously very powerful and wonderful by Yitzchak Avinu. What does that tell us? We're not Yitzchak Avinus. But I want to finish with one last point, And that is, the Gemara says, Ein kairin that there's only three people that we call our Ovis. There are a lot of tzaddikim, tremendous tzaddikim. But our Ovis are three. And what does it mean that they are our Ovis? That in some way we connect to each and every one of them. I mean, there's something about them that they teach us and they give us, each and every one of Kal Yisrael. When it comes to other tzaddikim, it could be that 
you know, when it comes to the Shvatim, the Ruvi and Shimon, each one has its own Shevet, its own tribe. Not necessarily does everyone have a message for each and every one of us. But if Yitzchak Avinu is one of our others, that means in some way, in some tiny way, some small way, there's something there for us as well. So what Yitzchak represents is a person living in this world. He was a human being, born from a mother and father, flesh and blood. At the same time, had an ability to live in Gan Eden, recognize Gan Eden, and even when he was back in this world, still was connected with that experience of Gan Eden. That means that us, too, we're regular people, we're physical people, and we live very much in this world, but we have an ability to connect to something above us, something more spiritual, something holier, so that even when we're involved in all our regular mundane activities, we have a, a connection to something higher. Right? We say famously, and that's in the last line we have over here, the Pasuk, Achas Sha'alti. We say it in uh, in Tehillim, chapter 27. We say it throughout the month of Elul, in Tishrei, till a certain point. So what do we say? Achas Sha'alti me'es Hashem oisa avakesh. That a person calls out, he says, I have one request from Hashem, one, 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 one prayer. And that is, Shifti beves Hashem kol yimei I wish I could sit in the house of Hashem all the days of my life Hashem, to be able to gaze at the beauty of Hashem and to visit in his chambers so of course the one who said this was David HaMelech but we say it too right? when we're saying a part of davening or we're saying a part of Tilim we're not just trying to say well David HaMelech said that right? when we're saying it we're trying to in some way connect to it that even though yes we, we know ourselves and we know the score and we know that we're not such big tzaddikim but there's a part of us that yearns, that, that wants to connect to something that's higher and something that's greater and something that's more spiritual. And, and some moments we could sort of feel it during davening, during learning certain special times. And, and this, the message of Yitzchak is that we're able to, to connect to that. We're able to bring that down in our lives and bring more Kedusha into our lives. Because yes, we're also connected to a Yitzchak Avinu. We're connected to a great Tzaddik. And Yitzchak, and this is the Tzaddikim of the generations, uh, finishes a, a beautiful story, the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov um, was, of course, the founder of, of all Hasidus. It was about 300 years ago, so he had a brother-in-law. His name was Gershon, Gershon Kitzover. And he wrote him a letter. And the letter, he writes something that transpired. And um, he got the letter. He said, that never happened. Something, something happened in the world. He said, that didn't happen. And somehow it came back to the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov said, whoops, I'm sorry, maybe it didn't happen yet. But it happened a couple of years later. <laughs> and so the, the Rabbeim explained that the Baal w- would would go to higher levels and he would just see, you know, what, what's happening, what's going to happen. And sometimes when he came back, he didn't you know, remember if it happened or was going to happen. So he wrote in the letters, if it happened, it really was going to happen. So we have the greatest of tzaddikim that have that ability to be literally, like Dabar Malach says, Lachsiz B'nai HaMashem Levakir Be'hecholo. Levakir Be'hecholo means literally to visit in Hashem's chambers like Yitzchak Kavini who spent two years over there. So, and again, for most of us, that's not practical on a level to go visit Gan Eden for a week or for a year. But to some degree, when we're davening, we have the ability to visit Gan Eden. When we're learning Torah, when we get into it, we're able to, to, to lift ourselves up to a more spiritual place and connect to a more spiritual um, place. And in some way, to bring that down to the rest of the day, that everything becomes a little bit more exalted, like a Yitzchak Avinu, because he, because he is our father. And if he's our father, that means in some way he gives us the Kayach to be connected to something higher, something outer-worldly, something spiritual, and something holy. That's the Kayach of Yitzchak Avinu.